you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Guys, thanks for tuning in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Welcome back. You know, everyone should approach their business as if they were the CEO of a fast-growing franchise or chain. And what do I mean by that? Well, there are so many little details of running a business, but if you have a bigger picture approach, you can run a much stronger business. So in this episode, I'm speaking with Mr. Scott Gittrich, who's the CEO of the one of the fastest growing pizza chains in America. It's called Topper's Pizza based in Wisconsin. We're going to talk all about menu innovation, R&D, you know, the entire process of coming up with new innovative menu items. We're going to talk all about their formula of innovation and technology and how that has led toppers to four consecutive quarters of double-digit growth. Now, it's no surprise that the pizza segment has been one of the fastest growing before, during, and now as we emerge from the pandemic and one of the strongest segments in food service. But this chain is sort of defying the odds with that formula, again, of technology and innovation. So there's so many key nuggets, so many key learnings here. You're not going to want to miss it. Stay tuned. Rock stars from one veteran operator to another. You want raving fans for your restaurant. And it's all about turning more first-time guests into regular repeat visitors. Let me tell you about Pop Menu. Pop Menu is the full digital solution for independent restaurant owners. Starting with a powerful mobile-friendly website, dynamic interactive menus you can update on the fly, online ordering and delivery, and a complete automated marketing platform, Pop Menu gives restaurateurs all the tools they need so you can focus on what matters most, your guests and your food. If you're a restaurateur, Pop Menu can take your business to the next level. For a limited time only, Pop Menu is offering our listeners $100 off your first month plus an unchanging lifetime rate. Why not get a free demo and see what Pop Menu is all about? Go to popmenu.com slash rockstars. Let me tell you about Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed for restaurateurs, by restaurateurs. Effective labor management is more important than ever to maximize profit and success, especially now as restaurants begin to reopen and expand their teams. Trusted by over half a million restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to simplify scheduling, easily manage time and attendance, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll systems you already use and trust, turning your team into a competitive advantage to your business. Right now, Restaurant Rockstar's listeners can get three months absolutely free. Get started now at sevenshifts.com forward slash restaurant rockstars. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com forward slash restaurant rockstars to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Now on with the episode. Welcome back, everyone. As you know, the Restaurant Rockstars podcast is all about engaging topics that help restaurants build their brands, rock their profits, deliver amazing guest experiences. Super excited today. I have Mr. Scott Gittrich, and he is the CEO of Topper's Pizza, Wisconsin-based, fast-growing pizza chain. Welcome to this uh, show today, Scott. How are you today? Thanks a lot, Roger. It's going great. Thanks for having me on. 
I'm excited to have you on. Now, we're going to talk all about toppers, and I'd love to hear the history of the brand. But before we go there, tell us about your backstory in hospitality. Did you start out as a young person in this business, and how did you get to be CEO of Toppers? I started out like many uh, restaurant royalty folks have started in the restaurant business. I started off uh, when I was 15 years old working in an Arby's for a franchisee. Yeah, it was uh, that big hat sign that they used to have. There's still one of those up in Appleton, Wisconsin, if you want to see one of those. <laughs> yeah, the original logo, the, the cowboy hat, right? Yeah, you can't put signs like that up very many places in the world uh, these days. But I've been in the restaurant business ever since. So I'm 57. I My journey took me, uh, I, I was in college, but continuously worked in, uh, worked in restaurants, um, you know, got into the pizza, uh, business in 1984, uh, very exciting time to be in the pizza business. It was kind of taken off and I worked for another QSR pizza delivery brand. And, uh, yeah, I promptly dropped out of college and decided, yeah, engineering's not my gig. I think restaurants is, uh, is all for me and kind of the rest is history. I, uh, the, the way that I became the CEO at Toppers is I started a pizza place. (laughs) <laughs> I did too, but tell us your story. <laughs> awesome. I mean, it's that's the way to for sure get a leadership position is just to create it your darn self, you know, not wait for somebody else to make you the CEO. So, yeah, I mean, I uh, while I was working at uh, at uh, Domino's Pizza, I basically saved thirty thousand dollars, which is one of my proudest achievements in my life, to tell you the truth. Because I'm making that much money to save thirty thousand, but I saved thirty thousand dollars. My wife and I uh, bought some used uh, restaurant equipment, and you know, opened that first Topper's Pizza store in uh, in 1991. So, I mean, CEO didn't didn't mean that much then. I called myself the owner and manager or something like that at that point. But yeah, we've had a fun, fun run. And tell you the truth, we're sitting here in this super, super awesome position right now in the environment and kind of what we, where we are at. It's a confluence of uh, talent and experience and concept meets the environment in a perfect kind of alignment. So as much fun as I've had in the last 30 years, 30 years this August, the next, the next three to five years is, uh, is going to be something else. I'm, I'm, I'm as psyched as I've ever been to tell you the truth. I probably am supposed to say that anyways, but, mm-hmm. but in this case, it's also the truth. What year was Toppers founded? Uh, 1991. So August 9th, 1991 is when we clicked that first open sign. So we'll be 30 years old this summer. I wish we could have our in-person convention. We, yeah. We have a virtual convention. This would have been one that we would have done at Disney or Vegas or something and just had a big, big hoot. But uh, that's going to have to be next year on our 31st birthday. And it is going to be one hell of a celebration when I'll we get bet. back together. <laughs> I can bet on it. It's a fun business after all, filled with fun people. And it's time to get the fun back. Yeah. No, that's right. I What... what uh, Restaurant people and retail and plenty of people in different industries have done, but uh, but I love, of course, the people in our industry. What they've done in the last year and particularly a year ago right now, what we were all experiencing, but what those people in restaurants were doing to to uh, serve each other and serve the communities is uh, 
it's pretty heroic as far as I'm concerned. I mean, there's there's lots of heroic stories, I suppose, from a year ago, but a lot of my favorite heroes were wearing uh, ball caps and topper shirts. So the pandemic decimated this industry. However, the pizza segment has done particularly well. Obviously, as a franchisor, you had to come up with a strategy literally out of left field when we were all trying to figure out, okay, what's happening? How long is this going to last? What a, you, know, you couldn't anticipate where this was going to go. What consumer, what was going to happen to consumer confidence? Like, what was your strategy and how did you communicate that to the different stores? and lead them through this crisis? Yeah, well, um, like everybody, as far as I know, there was those first few days and, you know, weeks, maybe three or four weeks where it was kind of a personal story. It was uh, it was a survival story in the beginning. Of course, it was personally a question of, are we going to live? Like, is this, is this it? Is this like, what is going to happen here? Um, most people had that experience, and I certainly did. Uh, yeah. Then the business side, pizza has been certainly one of those so-called COVID winners, but not in the first few weeks. <laughs> in the first few weeks, it was horrid. It was really bad. We uh, really had no idea if we were going to be open. I took all of my personal money and I everything I I raised cash I was I was ready to kind of save stores uh, and do what I could to live through the the business somehow some way if that's what it came down to but uh, we as a team we started meeting every single morning uh, we know the exact date we started meeting every single morning seven days a week for probably the first 10 weeks or so uh, I remember when I finally told the team, Hey, let's let's go to every other day and not the weekends. And a couple of people were like, "Yes, <laughs> hallelujah for that, <laughs> hallelujah for that." But uh, it was all hands on deck for survival um, in the beginning, and then we were deemed uh, essential uh, because we're a delivery uh, delivery food business and. I mean, face it, half of the food dollar uh, in the United States in the last many years has been spent in restaurants. So take take restaurant food dollar off the table and that impacts the world's ability to eat, right? So uh, that was real. And we were deemed essential. The stimulus, uh, PPP, kind of a lot of things all happened in short order. And uh, we went from being down 25, 30% uh, comp to up 30% comps over the course of about two weeks. It swung wildly from one side to the other. Um, wow, like a light switch just being flipped. Amazing, that fast. I The graph just looks ridiculous. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, so PPP was like a lifeline uh, when we signed up, when all of our franchisees, you know, we helped heave them over the finish line. No sooner did that money start to come in and here customers came back with a a vengeance and uh, it was game on to just run a great business. Uh, We have built our own uh, e-commerce solution and a point of sale system over the last several years. So we had the ability to uh, do a lot of things uh, very early on. We were uh, we were the first market that we knew in our segment to have uh, uh, 
touchless delivery. Um, we did, uh, we rolled out curbside uh, pickup to our uh, customers. And we were the first, again, in our segment to roll that out. Now, of course, uh, the big chains came on, uh, you know, a few weeks later and they do it, they do it, of course, just fine. Um, but we were really proud of our ability to be nimble uh, and to shuck and jive pretty quick to serve our customers and our team members uh, in a way that, uh, in a way that mattered uh, and kept the business not only surviving, but thriving. Let's talk a little bit about delivery because right now it's, it's pretty controversial that a lot of restaurants have, well, shall we say their sales have remained intact, if not grown with third-party delivery services. However, the big gripe, of course, is the huge percentage of margin lost because of the third-party delivery services. But you guys control your own delivery, is that correct? Yeah, we self-perform delivery. That's our in our DNA. Uh, from day one, we've, we've done that. Um, you know, there's been this question of what's going to happen post-COVID, and two of these questions have been around delivery and technology. And from the day I started in the business in 1984 until right now, this minute, delivery has gone one direction. It's just become a bigger and bigger percentage of the restaurant dollar, and it's in the aggregate dollar, it's grown and grown. And uh, yes, it lurched forward uh, a year ago or so and in the last year, but any sense that that's going to go backwards is, in my opinion, just crazy. And same thing with uh, yeah, digital. I yeah, we we uh, we right now take seventy two percent of all of our business comes in digitally, and same thing that looked forward some uh, in the last year, but that's going to continue to just grow and grow. That's going to be over ninety percent in three years easily. So um, you know, as far as the third party delivery services, uh, you know, as a just a just a capitalist aside, uh, they don't make money. So apparently, maybe they're charging a lot, but apparently they're not charging enough. <laughs> um, from where we sit, there's customers that are going to those platforms. If you're a DoorDash customer, you know, those customers are going to DoorDash and they're deciding what to eat when they have that application open. Uh, we've made the decision that we want to be there. It's some part of our business. It's relatively small, uh, but we uh, we just price in order to be able to be profitable on those platforms. And uh, we've chosen to go ahead and take those orders. But uh, the best deals and the best service comes on toppers.com. There you go. <laughs> so you have online ordering as a digital system now that has helped fuel your growth. Now, your formula is about technology and innovation. What other things have you done technologically to innovate and to set yourselves apart from the competition and really win big during the pandemic and into the future? Yeah. So uh, we give personalized customer experiences on toppers.com. So uh, customers in different communities and different uh, trade areas uh, they receive a, uh, they get an experience that's uh, customized to that store or even to that, uh, to that person. We have a slick system. We just completed, uh, uh, we had Technomic, a uh, well-known uh, research company, uh, just completed uh, uh, some research on our behalf that compared uh, customers' perceptions of Topper's Pizza relative to the uh, QSR, big QSR pizza chains out there. 
And we actually were uh, per- are perceived by customers to have uh, easier to use uh, technology than all but one of our uh, our big restaurant brethren, and that's something else. So a lot of what consumers want is technology that's extremely slick and works. It's fast, has the fewest clicks, is uh, intuitive to use. And so while that may not sound exciting, that's the basics of technology is that it's really awesome technology that gets the customer quickly what they want uh, easily. So uh, it sells uh, on the business side. We, uh, we've innovated a lot of uh, premium items and uh, you know a lot of people right now, a lot of restaurants and other industries too, have cut back on their innovation. They've cut cutting their skews. They're going a little bit more simple in this challenging supply chain environment. We've kept the foot on the gas on our variety and our innovation. That's part and parcel of who Toppers is. And uh, in the last year, we've rolled out uh, vegan uh, plant-based uh, plant-based food. We've continued our other uh Chef-inspired uh, innovation and our uh, e-commerce solution allows us to put that in front of the right people at the right time. Uh, consumers are responding to that uh, uh, through our technology. So uh, it's just a great store, right? If you've got a great uh, e-commerce solution, toppers.com, I mean, we've spent tens of millions or maybe hundreds of millions of dollars opening restaurants but 72% of our customers are going to this store uh, on a device and they're experiencing Toppers the store digitally. And so we've invested a hell of a lot of money to make that store experience, if you will, incredible. So that's very interesting, that topic, because I've always believed if we were talking about a website, I always thought that a a restaurant's website should be so enticing as to give the customer the feel and the experience of that restaurant, even if they've never walked in the door. I'm hearing your digital communication with the customers offering a Toppers experience without actually being at a Toppers in order to place the order, all based on, you know, imagery and branding and the experience and simplification. And I think you touched on it. Immediate gratification is what everyone mm-hmm. wants, right? Yeah, no, that, that that's exactly right. Um, you don't want to be cued on a, on somebody's device and, and uh, try too hard, but certainly that right balance of, of yeah. uh, who you are in that experience along with just delivering the customer what they expect uh just quick give me what i give me what i want uh but you get to have your piece in there so yeah and uh the toppers experience still of course ends up the at least right now the pizza isn't arriving on their phone we we show up with uh that great toppers food at their door they come into one of our restaurants or pull up and we deliver it to them so Ultimately, they are still getting some toppers human connection. And then, of course, finally, uh, our food that we're so proud of ends up uh, on their table with their family sitting around it or, or whatever. So the experience is all of that. I'm glad you said that because the personal touch is still so important as representatives or ambassadors of that brand. And as technology keeps moving forward, some of that can be potentially lost. I mean, we're even talking about, I'm sure you've seen like drone deliveries by Amazon now and food delivery companies with drone deliveries of food. It's interesting, yet somehow the personal touch will be lost if it moves too far in that direction. So 
maintain the personal touch is probably good advice, right? To some extent, because uh, yeah, I suppose the, the consumer people. the consumer's going to win. I mean, if there's the people that want anonymous food yeah. to just show up, that's going to be available. Uh, fine dining is going to be okay. There's going to still be people who uh, you know want to go out for an experience and eat for three hours and and. Uh, you know, it's just an everything in between. It's it's yeah. uh, the consumer's going to drive what what works. You started to touch on menu innovations. We talked about vegan products. We also um, I noticed that you've got something called uh, Nashville hot toppings. So I'd like you to explain mm-hmm. that. But also prime rib somehow fits into the toppers menu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you know. Toppers is a, we're a Wisconsin based uh, company. We like to do things that kind of show off our roots a little bit. So in the last year, we, uh, we rolled out uh, cheese curds uh, and cheese curd pizza uh, to our, uh, to our customers. Um, We are on a cadence of every eight weeks. We bring in some new, uh, some new offerings. Uh, We typically make recipes, uh, in pizza, sometimes our topper sticks line or our mac and cheese line might adopt some of those uh, some of those new uh, new ingredients into our recipes. But uh, toppers is all about toppings. That's why that's that that's our name. We've always been from day one about variety, uh, and uh, you know our consumer pays that off. They know that uh, they know that Toppers always has some new fresh recipes. We make our food from scratch. Uh, you know, uh, it's labor intensive the way that we do it, but that's uh, that's who we are in the restaurant business. Um, we uh, we compete with uh, they're good good strong businesses, but as far as I'm concerned, uh, we respect uh, p- pizza's the greatest food on earth. I'm you know. Uh, sorry to anybody else that's in some other uh, restaurant <laughs> segment, but uh, you know I like meatloaf, I like spaghetti, but boy, you uh, you put a pizza on the table, and here come the kids. It makes makes the world a little bit little bit of a celebration when you have a pizza. And you know, I uh, when I started Toppers. There was, uh, I liked working at the, at the, at the place that I worked. I learned some good things from the franchisee I worked for without a doubt. Um, but, uh, pizza had become, you know, the, the pizza was second fiddle to being fast. Um, you know, come to find that, uh, our biggest pizza chains don't even use a hundred percent cheese. They all have modified food starch in it and sell it. You know, it's called pizza cheese made with real uh, mozzarella cheese and that kind of thing. You know, I just have way too much respect for pizza. I, I, uh, I, it really is like, it it really is like a respect thing for me. You know, when you take a, when you take a food like pizza that I revere and you turn it into just a lump of food, that's just going to be a meal that you just toss on the kitchen table I forget that our place in the world is that we do it right and we do our, put our unique spin on it. We do some unusual things with pizza and we're proud of it, but end of the day, you know, we're making our food from scratch in the kitchen and we're, we're uh, making it, baking it and taking it the right way. And that's what toppers is all about. 
Wisconsin is known for its cheese, of course. So how does Wisconsin cheese elevate your menu and your flavor profiles of uh, the items that you serve? Well, um, you know, I not too long ago had a customer ask me uh, why our cheese tasted so good. And I just loved that. I loved that uh, he asked me that because yeah. uh, in the end, that's the best reason to do it is, uh, is that you think it makes a difference in the consumer experience and uh, that kind of rich, buttery, melty, you know, what you expect from a great pizza. Um, we, uh, we happen to be in the in the dairy state. That's where we're from, and so we do uh, we do that right. We're committed to it. Um, you know, there's some pressure in our segment. Uh, there has been from time to time. We're kind of in that famous couponing part of the I restaurant know. business. Right, you know, right. the, yep. that market share fight where everybody's trying to sell five dollar pizzas, and that's not our gig. Um, that's not how we go to market, but certainly, uh, you know, along the way, people have suggested, uh, you know, dumbing down off of our cheese and other uh, other things that we do. And uh, I'm almost embarrassed to say I have been at cuttings where uh, there's been other cheeses, uh, you know, and cheese blends, let's call them, being a little generous there um, in front of me. And it's just like... <laughs> You know, I'm like, I, I don't. <laughs> we're not going to do it. It's like we can't. We're not going to. We're not going to win by just trying to cheap out and be like the big chain. And and uh, you know, it's not. It's not how we do it. So uh, we spend a little bit more, not a lot more, but a little bit more. And uh, we've used the same dairy with the master cheese maker up in the Fox Valley. I'm actually pointing. That actually is the direction of that dairy. Um, <laughs> Yes. And uh, we sh we ship that we ship that cheese never been frozen around to to uh, all of our restaurants in the in the country and hopefully the customer likes it because we put a whole big dose of love into that pizza and uh, cost us a little bit more but hopefully it makes a difference our customers think it does. How often do you roll out new menu items? And I'm sure there's a certain R&D process involved. There's a testing and maybe even a focus group with loyal customers. Like what's that whole process and how often do you do it? And uh, they're all well-received depending on what the location is in the country that uh, this particular topper store takes on the new menu item. How does that work? Okay. So um, we have a, a group of people. We have a leader in our company that runs the runs that part of our business, but it starts with uh, it starts with uh, understanding the consumer. Um, so we spend a fair bit of time and, uh, and money understanding uh what's out there in the restaurant world what what customers are are uh are loving so we we ideate from that point or the team ideates uh off of that place um you know we work with uh, a great chef jim doke um he and uh, our team uh create recipes that we then take out to consumers so we the team takes these ideas, they go to our best customers, they, uh, they ask these customers, what do you think about these ideas? And uh, off of those ideas, they develop recipes out of those recipes, you know, it gets narrowed, of course. Uh, and then it gets put in front of uh, also our customers um, in market. 
uh, those consumers then, you know, give feedback, uh, both quantitatively and qualitatively. Uh, changes may be made and maybe something makes the cut and maybe something doesn't. But this constant pipeline is, is regularly uh, flowing through. And then we have an eight-week cadence. So every eight weeks, we have new products come into, uh, into our menu. And then, of course, some products are leaving the menu. They may be LTOs. They may be long-time uh, or longer-term menu items that, that we just need to kind of shuffle off because we're committed to having a simple enough concept that it, it that are you know we we're a good franchise concept it's uh we do pride ourselves on good service uh, we so we have to keep things simple enough that they can be these recipes aren't too complicated for uh for our restaurant people to continue to to develop and and uh, and make and then of course, then we see how they they act in the real world. Occasionally, we'll put products that maybe are a little more complicated or have a higher risk element to them in some way. We may run those in a trade area on a test basis, but typically we roll it out to the system uh, and uh, and take it from there. But the some of those things have become big sellers over time. Uh, and others of those things uh, just continue to build the the fun part of the brand where a consumer knows that there's always new things happening at Toppers and that we're out on the front end uh, giving them the new flavors and recipes that, that uh, may be their favorite in the future. I don't need to tell anyone how competitive this business is, especially in the quick serve segment. And you mentioned LTOs. Is there a certain strategy or timing that goes along with that? Because a lot of your competitors, a lot of other quick serve chains use that strategy. And when you do roll something out, do you notice an immediate spike in sales that brings new people into the store as opposed to you know regular customers? Tell us about that. There is a cadence on the LTOs, uh, whether something is an LTO, uh, sometimes there's a placeholder on our calendar for an LTO that is related to certain events. Uh, you know, it could be the Olympics or, uh, you know, in the spring when people are thinking lighter and those, those sort of things. Um, sometimes uh, something is an LTO because maybe it's challenging to make or we want to get a piece of information so we know we're just going to put it out there for 8 or 12 or 16 weeks to see what kind of response we get. And then we're gonna, we intend to take that information and kind of roll it into future uh, innovation. And we have some LTOs that we repeat on an annual basis because consumers love them. And, uh, and so we bring them back. We, we uh, developed an item called uh, Kringle Sticks. Uh, Kringles are a uh, kind of funky German pastry uh, that are popular in Wisconsin. Um, and we made our version of it on our signature topper sticks. And those have become very popular and we, we bring them out every, it's kind of a holiday thing. So we bring them out uh, during that holiday time of the year. And of course, we get lots of complaints in January and February when they disappear, but rest assured, they'll come back. And so sometimes an LTO is just related to that kind of the periodic uh, sort of thing that we do. And some of them are experimental from the standpoint of 
we think if on our cadence, sometimes we strike gold. Uh, you know, you put enough out there and sometimes customers are going to pay it off in a way that was, is surprising even to us. Um, and those become staples of our menu and things. I was going to ask that. Yeah. And those, those, some of those things become things that people really love and know toppers for. So yeah, it doesn't, customers get to decide what's ultimately going to be on the menu. Um, yeah, the demand never quits. You roll out an LTO and the demand just keeps booming and booming and booming. And even though you decided to drop it at a certain point, you just keep it rolling, huh? That that has happened. Um, yeah. And we just, most of the things that we put on are out there for an undetermined amount of time. But we don't just add and add to the menu. The menu more or less is approximately the same size as it's been for many years. So it just rotates. Um, but the typical LTO, as you mentioned, uh, starts off with certainly a, a spike. There's typically good media around that. People are excited to try something. And then over the course of a few weeks, it kind of settles into a spot um, that's typically a little bit a little bit less. You have a certain marketing plan, obviously, that's adopted by the system itself. Um, can you share what the most effective or cost-effective marketing as part of that strategy would be? Okay, the most effective marketing. So um, we mostly market uh, digitally. So from a media standpoint, we're uh, we're talking to people uh, digitally um, with paid media. That is, we own certain media. Um, our, uh, our social, uh, social assets, our website, uh, our loyalty program. There are certain places where we, that we own that media and we get to talk to our fans directly, uh, there. Um, that's, uh, that's highly effective. The approach, the way that we go to market is we talk true to us true to us. So uh, we we talk about the things that make toppers distinctive, namely uh, that we never settle. It's our, uh, we make the best pizza uh, in our segment. We, we make it with a big, big piece of love. We care a lot about what we do and that really is a differentiator. So we have a a strong piece of personality and talk a little smack uh, to our customers. We uh, we come at it from a youthful, uh, youthful angle uh, with our point of view that's distinctive in the in in the business that's dominated by chains. Really, um, we get to stand out in that way. So, uh, be true and authentic, and uh, talk about our food and create great products that customers love and uh, and ask for their business. Um, and occasionally, of course, we have. Uh, we have specials or promotions that uh, encourage uh, that price sensitive customer maybe to lower the bar. Okay, we'll lower the risk on trying, you know, our uh, tater top pizza or our buffalo chicken pizza here. It's a little bit cheaper this week. Come on. So we do our share of, of discounting and promoting uh, when appropriate, but we're, sure. we make a point not to be addicted to it. Consistency is absolutely essential when you have a franchise concept. You know, you want to make sure that the toppers experience you have in one location is absolutely stellar and that when you visit another toppers location, the same is true. And that all comes down to the quality of the hiring system and the training and is it possible to instill that love you talk about and that sort of 
passion for quality and caring about the the end product and the ultimate guest experience. Can you train that across the system? And do you emphasize that in your franchise training? Well, I don't know if train is the right word. There's certainly an element of just strong training for people to execute a system for sure. What I hear you talking about though is something that's more cultural, uh, the care uh, that people have. We sometimes get referred to as a culture-centric organization. Um, I've just been really blessed over the years. We kind of grew uh, slowly for many years. Uh, The first few franchisees were people that I knew that cared. Um, We believe in what we do. We believe in each other. Um, It starts with that. We add people in. We're not afraid to talk about uh, about taking care of each other and loving loving each other and our customers and pizza and what we do. Uh, yes, it's business, but it's a little bit more than that to us. It's it's uh, it's a mission that we're on, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been really blessed over time. Uh, the culture has just gotten stronger. When I go into restaurants, I am very very often. Uh, I'm meeting young people that uh, they're excited to meet me. Uh, I'm excited to meet them. They say, oh my gosh, I'm glad to meet you. I This is the best job I ever had. We kick everybody else's asses. Man, I'm so proud of we do. You know, we, we are the fastest. We make these great products. Uh, you know, my manager cares about, about what we do. I mean, I, I go into restaurants. This, this really is the most thrilling thing that happens. I mean, I, I love a great quarter of financial results as much as the next uh, CEO. But man, when I go into a restaurant and I'm one store after another store after another store meeting team members who are feeding me the toppers love, they are giving me that toppers mission uh, with their excitement, with their mouth, they're describing what's distinctive about toppers pizza. I mean, our success is assured. I just, I just want to hug that franchisee or that general manager and just give them a big fat kiss on the lips because they're doing the job right. You know, we're doing what makes us different in the world of pizza. That's fantastic. You know what comes to mind? My wife and I particularly enjoy that show, Undercover Boss. And if you've ever seen it, it's all about CEOs like going in disguise to their locations, wherever they may be across the country, completely unannounced and literally getting a job there and working in the trenches with the staff. And they have no idea that the CEO is making the pizzas and doing the deliveries. And the things that those CEOs find out about how their chain, how their operation, their system, whatever, really works it's such an eye opener and it's kind of entertaining. When you visit, do you go announced all the time or do you ever just show up randomly and they're not expecting you as sort of a secret shopper or how does that work? Yeah. I mean, most often, uh, I'm traveling with somebody and they know, but occasionally yeah, I, I, I drop in, uh, (laughs) and sometimes I, I introduce myself to, uh, to people when I, when I drop into a store, but, uh, by and large, when I'm in uh, restaurants, it's uh, I'm touring, and I've uh, I'm not trying to blindside anybody, and yeah. you know I don't want people to be taken taken aback or feel like I'm there to try to 
try to catch them doing spy on them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the best approach, of course. It just I just had to ask that question because, you know, whether it's reality TV or not, it's kind of an interesting concept. But the fact that you're visiting your locations is very important and caring about how people, you know, carry on the brand, the authenticity, the consistency. And that's that's important. And, it's, and I love to hear that you're feeling the love when you visit your stores. And that's just so gratifying, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a I'm a restaurant person. I mean, I grew up, of course, in in uh, in restaurants, and uh, you know, in some ways, uh, you know, visiting restaurants, I kind of feel now like I I always I always uh, tell a story of like I feel like I used to be an NBA player on the court, sweating, playing on the court, and now I'm like in this. Uh, booth, you know, as a general manager, and I'm just looking down at the court and thinking, I used to be a player. Yeah, you know, I, right. I used to be somebody, you know, uh, somebody, I used to be somebody important. And, th- and I'm not, I'm just, I'm not just saying that I really do have this part of me that pines for uh, working in a, it directly in a restaurant. Uh, my wife and I have even talked about in retirement, starting a pizza place. Just this one single pizza place, you know, that's probably open two days a week <laughs> and would be awesome. But we just just having a little restaurant because, I mean, that's that's just something that's happened is uh, I got into the business because I loved being in the restaurant and uh, and working with team members and taking care of customers and uh, success led to uh, different kinds of opportunities to learn and grow myself personally uh, but I certainly recognize, and I hope that I'm I'm worthy of the people that work in the restaurants and the franchisees that 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 run their restaurants um, and take care of people and do the real work of our business. Well, fantastic. Well, Scott, it's been my pleasure speaking with you today in the podcast. Thanks a lot, Roger. It's good to meet you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much, audience, for tuning in. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. And of course, we'll see you in the next episode. That's a wrap. Wow, guys, what an amazing episode all about the pizza segment. And for those of us who um, are in the pizza segment, that is an amazingly powerful business to be in. And this is, of course, a franchise opportunity. So if you're looking for a new opportunity, look no further than Topper's Pizza. Thanks so much to our guest, Scott Gittrich. Uh, So many key learnings in this particular episode. For those of you who follow me and this podcast, you may know that I got my start about 26 years ago, starting a wood-fired pizzeria. And uh, as you know, or may not know, I had virtually no experience in the restaurant business when I started an uber-successful pizzeria, which then led to multiple restaurant concepts. And of course, this business, Restaurant Rockstars. And it was all the foundational elements, these systems that I call the foundational elements of any successful business that really led to my success. And those systems are, of course, staff training, development, recognition and rewards, you know, really dialing in your critical numbers to maximize your profit and super powerful marketing programs for little or no money for new and repeat business and create raving fans for your restaurant. It's all about those systems. So if that intrigues you and if you're looking to implement those systems in your own operation, look no further than the Restaurant Rockstars Academy at restaurantrockstars.com. I'd like to thank this week's episode sponsors. Thanks so much to Seven Shifts, the labor management platform, as well as our newest sponsor, Pop Menu, the restaurant tool that turns more first-time visitors into raving fans and repeat guests. Thanks so much. We'll see you all next time. See you then. 
Thanks for listening to, to the, the Restaurant, Restaurant Rockstars, Rockstars Podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.